What's happening, everybody? My name is Sean Pitcher. This is Roos Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Marcus Hawkins. He is a mental conditioning coach, a really great friend of mine. Super excited to have him on to speak about this specific topic. Um, it's something at the, you know, the last place I was at, I learned a lot from working with those types of individuals in mental conditioning. Um, and I think he's going to bring a lot to the table when it comes to talking about that, how he utilizes it in practice, whether it's in the classroom, um, whether it's directly on the field. Marcus, really appreciate you coming on today. Man, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you having me, Sean. It's good to connect, man. It's good to see you. Absolutely. I know he was excited. We were talking beforehand. He was, he was hyped to be on this. Uh, Marcus, want to start off, you know, give us the roots behind Marcus Hawkins. Who is he? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland Heights, Ohio, to be, to be exact. Uh, as I usually like to tell it, it's the home that LeBron left twice. <laughs> being, born in, uh, being born in Ohio, football is really what you do. You know, they put an Ohio State beanie on your head and a football in your crib when you're born. It's, it's kind of what you do. So uh, growing up in Ohio, football was definitely a huge part of my life. I was lucky enough to play all the way through high school and then into college. But, um, you know, an injury kind of led me into the field. Like many people that's in my, in, in my area of practice, it's usually injury that leads us to where we are. It, so. And it's funny you say that because same thing happened to me. Yeah. I played two years into college, had three concussions. I mean, even my head coach was like, you know, you're at a division three school. Like, honestly, if you're my son, I tell you to just continue on with school and like yeah. let go of sports, which anyone knows, like you play sports from at my age, seven years old, all the way from the college. And I'm sure you're probably pretty similar. It's hard to just stop and like, well, what else do I do beyond this point now? Like, I don't, I don't know what to do, but it essentially then leads you into other ventures, which gets you to the point where you are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, you do something for so long, it starts to become a part of you, mm -hmm. right? And I think as athletes, if you're not careful, you start to confuse that with it being who you are, yeah. right? And I, I always try to remind my athletes that, you know, football or basketball, tennis, whatever your sport, football is what you do. It's not who you are. Right. Like your mom didn't go through hell and back to give birth to a football player. She went through hell and back to give birth to a baby boy who just happens to like to play football. That's a huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. I mean, and you can also use just in a realistic sense, too. It's like either way, sports are only going to be a part of your life. Right. At any given time, an injury can happen at any given time. Like your last stop could be college. Maybe you maybe you get to the one percent in one or two years in the NFL. I mean, again, you're, you're real unicorns to the people that are spending eight to 15 years or like a Tom Brady, like, you know, close to 18 to 20 years in the NFL. Like that's like the point zero 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 one percent Like that doesn't really happen. So it's like realistically, you have this chunk of time that you're going to be in that position to be an athlete. So enjoy as much as what's given to you, because ultimately at some point it's going to be taken away. And that's how we got to treat it. Uh, we got to treat it like a gift. You know, we, we, we take good care of the things that we value, right? But if you want, if you truly want to know what a man values, you got to show me what he does every day. Yeah. You know, so, so much of our success is kind of composed of our day-to-day -day habits, but, you know, that's a, that's a, I, I digress. <laughs> I digress. Well, and some people just don't know their value. Like I was, I was talking to um, a couple of podcasts ago, I was talking to somebody, you know, who's, who's a big figure in his field, right? And, 
really super humble, right? Like I'm, I'm kind of like that. I know you're kind of like that. Like, you know, his sayings all the time. I'm just a guy. <laughs> I'm just a guy. Just doing my job. Just, just doing what I was, was brought here to do, you know, but sometimes like we don't always see all the value of the things that we do bring to the table, regardless how many people tell us. And like in his situation, you know, he was basically like, he goes, it took me until, I don't know, until I was 55 to 60 years old, someone to sit me down who I respect to be like, you can bring so much value, even though you're not a, a coach anymore, you can bring so much value to the field that you don't even know yet. And had to like literally like draw it out and put it in front of his face. And that's someone who's like an icon in his area. And he, he still felt like he, he just lifted. He just, he just was a strength coach, you know? Yes. <clears throat> Again, right, like we, we do this every single day. It starts to become a fiber of, of who we are, right? But I think sometimes our, our value gets lost in our day-to-day activity sometimes, right? We, we, we're not really looking at the fact that we're impacting lives every on our worst day. On the day where you felt like you got nothing right, you were late to every single meeting you had, you <laughs> forgot about, right? On your worst day you left a kid or you left an athlete with something that might've changed an entire trajectory of his life. It's about finding those little wins in a day. It sounds cliche. Like I being from Cleveland, right? Nobody where I'm from is meditating. Nobody where I'm from, right? Like they're not talking about those little things. I understand how it can sound cliche, but like I've really found value in finding those little wins in my day. And sometimes it can get frustrating because like you said, right, you're like, you don't feel like anybody's listening to you. You don't feel like the athletes are doing anything that you say, right? Or sometimes you might not have an athlete really express that you made a difference until after the fact, right? It could be two, three years down the road and you get this random text and all of a sudden you're like, I haven't heard for this guy from a minute. <laughs> yeah. And he, and then they, he or she had a moment where it's like, man, what I learned from this individual like has really helped me out in comparison to me looking around to all my teammates that aren't there. And I am there because of the tools I was able to capture during my time with whoever that discipline was or whoever the individual was. And then it just dawns on, and then they message you and they're like, Hey, I just want to thank you. Like this helped me big time. I know I haven't messaged you in a long time and it took me a hot minute to tell you that, but I just want to let you know, like it's helped me stand apart in that specific area. That's why we do this. Right, Sean, like that's that's why we do this. This, you know, I remember uh, you know, sharing experiences with you and just seeing the care and the level of detail that you were put into your work, right? And it's not necessarily for you know the huge thunderous applause or you know, in hopes of getting a statue outside of your facility. It's not really, it's it's never really been about that, you know, for people like me and you. I think you know, it's always important to remember the same day that we plant the seed isn't the same day we eat the fruit, right? How many times have you heard me say it? It's, it takes time, right? And so sometimes for us, it's just about planting that seed, right? And letting those roots, no pun intended, right? But letting those yeah. roots kind of establish themselves. It takes time. Because all the big fancy stuff is just, I mean, it's just for me anyways, everyone's gonna be different. It's just materialistic in my eyes, like it's temporary, like you could have the biggest, fanciest weight room, like you could have the biggest, fanciest presentation, right? Like, but none of that really matters. <laughs> if I don't make any impact with the individual and they don't get anything from it, then I could have as many tools available and fancy machines and technology, but it literally is not going to matter. Empty. It's empty, 
right? Like we're in the service industry. We work for people. Mm-hmm. You know? we remind our athletes all this, like, I work for you. <laughs> so put me to where I work for you, right? If we're in the service industry. So for us, if we're not, if we're not meeting those needs, if we're not impacting, what are we really doing? Or we always say like, work me out of a job. Like there it is. I mean, I even tell some tell my athletes to this day that where I'm at currently, I'm like, use me as much as you can yeah. now. Like whether it's for a year, whether it's for two years, you know, if we get to the point where you're here for three years, whatever, how many years it is, use me as much as you can now, because when you get out of here, right, depending on where you go, if it's college, if, if it's the pro setting, there's even college and pro settings that don't have individuals like us in, in that setting or may not care as much or want to pour into you as much as we do. So it's like, or go out and go ahead and spend $150 an hour for a one-on-one session. Right. So I even try, cause a lot of athletes, you know, like it's about money. So it's like, think about how many times you meet me in a day and let, or how many times you met with me one-on-one. And if I'm going to charge $150 and let's, let's multiply that out over a year or a couple of years, that's thousands of dollars that you're not having to spend because you're investing the time now to learn it. So hopefully you have the skills to be self-sufficient when those obstacles pop up to do it yourself. Hopefully. We got to be proactive, right? And, you know, I joke with some of my athletes. I'm like, you could pay me now or you could pay me double later. <laughs> Either way, you're going to have to be, you need what you need, right? And, you know, I say that jokingly, but, you know, it's, it's you got to be proactive. These tools that, you know, I have and the techniques that I have and, you know, the information that you have, it's not something that you can passively use, right? Like you can't take the information that we give you and set it on a shelf and then take it and dust it off when it's ready to, when it's game time. Like it doesn't work like that. You know, mental skills are just like any other skill. If you don't rep this, if you don't practice this, if you're not proactive in seeking this, it's not coming to find you. No one's going door to door handing out opportunities. There's no end to the switch. With our society now, I mean, everyone thinks like things can come instantly because that's how a lot of things are presented to them. But and when you when you get back to the basics, like the basics are what work. They're not fun. They're not sexy. They're, they're not something that's going to be quick and easy. But if you invest the time into them, you're going to get what's intended out of them. Well, I mean, I, I think it's kind of what you just said. It's an investment, right? Like it's an investment. It's not always fun. It's not always sexy, but I mean, you'd rather have it and not need it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you, when something goes wrong in your house, something breaks your, let's say your, your sink starts to leak, right? If you're a handyman, you're not really sweating about things going wrong and breaking in your house. Why? Because you're confident that somewhere in that toolbox, I have something that'll fix this job, right? It's the same thing. It's equipping yourself with mental tools to help you navigate the things that are going to go wrong in life. Got to be proactive about it. Yeah. And many times our side is just reactive. It's just something happens, we're freaking out, and then we got to deal with it. And now we're more stressed. And it's like, use those tools that you have. You, you, you know what to do in the city. Well, I had my brother on the podcast as well. And like, he, he's a social worker. So he kind of talked about like motivational interviewing. And even though he's in a clinical setting, right. He, he tried to look up a lot of research articles, really try to tie it in with athletes. Cause he felt like he could really throw some really good nuggets out there, even though he's not in that field, but kind of how he, he coined it as he goes, everyone really knows that they're supposed to do something or everyone really knows that 
how to do it or they have to do it or they at least have a base information of what they're supposed to do. But a lot of times it just takes the practitioner to give them the push to get them to that moment to actually do it. And that that tends to be the concern a lot of times. Like it's not that they don't know or they don't want or they, they don't have the knowledge to do it. It's just they need to be pushed to do it, to see the difference, to then hopefully become a long lasting habit because it, it was important to them. I mean, you know, I'd say the only thing more important in knowing what to do is knowing how to do it, right? And the only thing more important in knowing how to do something is knowing when to do it, mm-hmm. right? Like timing is everything, but also if you don't have that prior knowledge base to understand when to apply this information, when to apply this knowledge, right? We all hear this saying knowledge is power. You and I, we both know that's not true, right? Like we 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 work around people, we're around people, we, we've rubbed elbows with people who know a ton. Right. Like they, they know a ton. They know a shit ton. But at the end of the day, if they're not applying this knowledge that they actually have, what good is it? Right. It's just one more book sitting on your bookshelf. It looks great for the Zoom call. <laughs> like you probably couldn't tell me one thing that was in the chapter of those books. What good does it do you? And, and especially with, you know, any of these age groups, whether it's high school, college, I mean, it doesn't really matter the age group, honestly, or the level. Right. Like. They don't, they don't want, they don't care about your credentials. They don't care about how many degrees you have. They don't care about you've been to this pro level. Like if you can't help them in some way and explain it in an easy way, and then them having some kind of, I don't, and again, we're, I talked about like a fast pace or an instant result, but a lot of times you got to have those quick, small little wins from the start. Cause that's what gets them to buy into the long-term things you want to do with them. Right. Like, it's like me, right? Like if I have guys going to bed 12 to four o'clock in the morning and then I get them to start going to bed between 11 or 12 o'clock in the morning. And then now they're like, oh, I can wake up and I have, I'm full of energy or like, oh, I can wake up and like, I feel good at practice and don't feel like I'm tired the first 30 minutes. That then helps us. Cause it's like, all right, well now I'm going to come ask some more questions because I didn't really listen to a lot of other stuff he had to say, but I just did this one thing and this made a difference. So he might have something else he could possibly help help me with that I've been probably dealing with up to this point that I don't know how to deal with. I mean, I think it just opens the door to potential, right? Like naturally, we're we're hesitant people, right? We're we're doubtful, we're doubtful people, and so you know, having that little win, right? It opens the door to so many, so many different opportunities. Just, I mean, even from a connection standpoint, that trust, that psychological safety, right? Like we very much live in a show me society, right? Oh, that works, prove it. Oh, okay, that, that, that'll, that'll clean my shoe, clean my shoe. I wanna see it, prove it, yep. right? And so for us, unless we're adding something of value right off the bat, it becomes a little more difficult to create that buy-in. But one thing that I've really come to see as a practitioner is just being around, right? Like being around actually helps to build that connection and just showing face, talking to the guys about something other than mental. Something other than mental skills. What are you listening to these days? What's in your ear? Right? Like what, what, what's hot right now? You got a better idea than me. I'm I'm washed. <laughs> I'm washed. Right. It's building that connection. And even it's just simple as saying, hey, how you doing? You know, that's and, and a lot of times, right? Like that's and, and I'm sure you could speak on this. One of the big challenges is is being that everyone's so reactive, right? Then coaches become reactive or other other staff become reactive. And then it's like why isn't this person doing this? Or why isn't this person changing that? Or you look at football, right? Like, why isn't this office alignment, defense lies and losing weight? Like, I thought you were working with them. And it's like, <laughs> it don't, it don't work or happen that fast. 
right? Like <laughs> if you didn't, it's like, if you didn't have all the past relationships you did, would you have gotten a job at this place or up until this point? Probably not, unless you had those connections that yeah. probably develop and happened over years. If I have a guy coming in in a week, I don't even know him. <laughs> I have no clue he is, where he's from, what his environment is like, who, what, you know, if he's, if, if he feels comfortable talking with me or he, the only person he feels comfortable talking to is his mom. Right. Right. So how do you expect me to come in in one or two weeks and turn his world around and make him like a fueling efficient machine or make him have the best thought process where he's proactive, has a, has a growth mindset. Like you can't do that overnight. Like it doesn't, it don't work like that, but some people just want it to happen. Like it's just, it takes time. And I tell every athlete or I'm even just, you know, blunt with some people like you need to give me time. Yeah. Like yeah. three to four months, give me three to four months to start something like, cause then it could happen now. I mean, you know, it, it took 18 years to turn 18. <laughs> right. So like, just if you want it to happen in 15 years doesn't mean it's going to happen in 15. It takes 18 years to be 18. Right. Mm -hmm. So like how you didn't develop these unhealthy eating habits, you know, with one burger, you're not going to all of a sudden make that full shift with one salad. Right. And it's the same thing with mental skills. Like it's, it's, you've had this pattern of thinking your entire life. I tell them from the beginning, I don't work magic. My beard is dope, but I do not work magic. <laughs> so they ask you for recommendations to get cuts. So that's how you're telling me you got the guy. I got this. I got that for you. Mental <laughs> skills. I got the barber. Whatever you need, right? But it's it's it takes. I want I want to set that expectation up front because most people walking into walking into a session with me, they have no idea what they're walking into, right? Like they think they're gonna come lay on my couch. I'm gonna be doing sketches and asking about their childhood and about their history with their mom. That's not what I do. That's not what I do. I'm a performance expert, right? Like my job is to work with your performance. Now I do understand that, you know, obviously personal background things, you know, you can't leave off field issues off the field, right? That's why I have a job. But I think just kind of setting a clear picture of what it is that I do and what it looks like, I think it curbs a lot of that uh, disappointment of an instant fix. Yes. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit more. Um, you know, what is a quote unquote, mental conditioning coach. I, I mean, there's a lot of kind of titles out there, mental wellness, mental coach, you know, sports psychologist, yeah. psychology. So if you can kind of just narrow that down and, and also, you know, has, has that been a huge growth, would you say in the sports realm too? Yeah, man. It's, it's so let's start from the beginning, right. As a mental coach, um, I have my master's degree in, sports psychology or the performance psychology field. Um, my degree actually reads the psychology of movement. Um, what separates myself from an actual sports psychologist is just a PhD. Her and I, him and I, we're speaking about the same things. We're having the same dialogue. With a PhD, you become a sports psychologist, you're actually able to get clinical. You actually go a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper into the things that might be affecting your performance. Whereas me with the master's degree, I'm more so looking at performance tools and performance enhancement. Um, but it's it's been a tremendous uptake in, in just service, right? Just the amount of, of traffic and the amount of information that's starting to flow around the topic of mental conditioning and mental coaching. I think people are finally starting to realize you can't leave that off the field stuff off the field. Right, like it's going to affect every facet of your life. And now I think they're starting to realize that, you know, maybe going to a traditional counselor or a traditional therapist isn't quite the answer. 
right? Like they might have what you need from a clinical standpoint, but how can you relate to me playing in front of 85,000 people, right? And I have 25 to 30 coaches calling me in a week and I just have five at-home visits in the same day, right? Like you need someone who's been on the other side of it and can kind of guide you through it. How can you lead someone somewhere you've never been? Yeah, your your, your typical therapist or psychologist, like like you said, a lot. Yeah, you know, it's not. It's just how it looks and how it's portrayed. But you're coming in, you're talking to them, you're in office. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like we talked about at the very beginning, like with more of the performance end or the sports end, like in in your area, like you got to go out and see what's going out at a practice. You have to go see what's going out in the moment, like out in the field. Yeah. So then for you guys, right? Then you're able to see directly, like, all right, I see how he's. I see how he's interacting in a, in a, when he's with the team. I see how he's interacting in individual drills. I see how he's interacting when a game's coming up and something's either going good or not going good. And then you have more of a plan of action on how to, you know, approach them about that situation, whether that's when that event's over or I'm sure you're going to speak on this more, like in, having them figure out in the moment at that time their thoughts and how they're reacting to it, how it's negatively affecting their player performance versus Let's do something for two seconds, breathe, refocus, because you got to go back out in the field in the next, who knows, minute, couple right. minutes, depending on the drive or what the situation is. Like, you got to be able to change that around, or now that's going to negatively affect your play, which then makes you look bad on film and makes you look bad, especially you're on TV, but then also hurts your offense or defense, depending on what side of the ball you're on. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's exactly right. Like, for me, I you know, and you knew this from our time together, like I hated sitting in my office, all right? Like I hated holding sessions in my office. I didn't like doing one-on-ones in my office. For me, I, I like being out. I like walking talks, right? Like I like being out amongst the people, right? Like, let me see you in your field of play. So for me, most of my sessions, depending on your sport, it's held in your area of competition. If you're a basketball player, let's do a session on the basketball courts. Mm-hmm. If you're a track athlete, let's walk the track while we talk. Right. Like, let me put you where you perform best and where you're most comfortable. Right. From there, the conversation just flows. But, you know, when you're in that heat of battle and, and it's, it's halftime or where we're in between quarters or whatever the case might be. And you have that time to touch in with me at that time. It's, it's not my time to be introducing anything new to you. <laughs> right. Like at this point, we're already here where the table is set. The food is on the table. Right. And so for me, it's a little late to be introducing tools, but. That's that goes back to the part we were talking about earlier with being proactive, right? Like coming to me before you need it. You cannot come to me at halftime and say, hey, coach, I need a mental skill for this, this and this. I mean, I can give you the best opportunity I can give you. I can give you the best tool that I can give you. But the reality is what I'm going to give you in this next a minute and 35 seconds. You may not do anything. It's like what you're probably going to already know, what tools you already have is is what the result's going to be because – I don't have enough time to implement that into you. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's funny you, you mentioned like halftime. It's like the same thing. Guys would come in at halftime. Oh, what should I eat? What's the best thing on the table? What's the best thing on the table to eat? I'm like, well, everything I have on the table is what I would like you to grab or eat, which is why I put it on the table, right? Like it's, it's an electrolyte beverage or a salty snack or a carb, like all things that you need at halftime to be ready for the second half. But you got to figure out which of these these array of options that I provide you, what works best for you so that you feel the best going into the second half. Like I can't I mean, tell start. you cheese it to the best verse, right. Verse 
gummy bears are the best. Like, I can't tell you that. Like, do you get energy? Can you play the whole second half? And then do you have any digestive issues? No, you're good. Oh, you know, it, oh. Boom, we're good. Then, then choose that. Because And if that works, we'll, we'll keep having that available. You can keep using that. And as long as you keep balling out in the second, second part right. of the game, then we're good. I mean, I think back to my time as an athlete, right? I think back to my playing days. And, you know, it's like I never really thought about the fact that I needed potassium until I had that Charlie horse in my quad, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's when all of a sudden you start like, oh, I'm not drinking enough water. Oh, I need a banana. I need potassium, right? It's again, <laughs> keep going back to it, but it's, it's the proactive part. You can't wait until you're cramping up to all of a sudden when, when I start chugging water. <laughs> it's, it's 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 late now right? yeah if you're like, too late you're too late whatever late. is gonna happen is gonna happen and then it just becomes damage control and, and damage control is gonna go one of two ways <laughs> either either you're gonna recover and be able to you know carry out <laughs> what you need to do or it's not gonna end well or you're not gonna be able to get back on the field <laughs> i mean you know a lot of times in games right like i do have tools and techniques to kind of snap you out of that moment Right. Like, I think it all depends on what they're coming to see me for in the middle of the competition. Right. If it's you finding a counterproductive thought and you can't pull yourself out of it, I have a technique I can give you right there in that moment. Right. Like if you're finding yourself ruminating, you, ah oh, man, I can't believe I threw that interception. I can't believe I just airballed that shot. Right. Like I have a technique that I can give you right there in that moment. Right. But like to put it in context, it would be like you going into a move, trying a, or going into a game, trying a move you've never used before. Yep. Right. Like I'm giving you a skill that you've never used before. And I'm ex you're expecting it to work right now. Right now, live in this moment. I just heard this for the first time ever in my life, a minute and 30 seconds ago. I need to apply it right now. Some athletes can do that, right? But most athletes, not so much. You should have saw the, me. It's the that. very, very few. And unfortunate in those cases, right? It's like if they do have that one success or that one random thing. Now you they always want to do it. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> and you're like, uh, I think you need some more time with that one. Like, I don't know if you could replicate that like every single time. And I mean, you know, again, man, it's it's the beard. I swear to you, it's the beard. They expect the magic. Expect <laughs> it does not work like that. You know, for me, it, you know, I don't want to put you in a position to feel as though I'm letting you down, right? Like it's not fair to me or it's not really fair to you. Right. Because now here you are coming to me in these moments and it's like, hey, coach, I'm really struggling. Fix it. And it's like, I mean, I have the skills for you. I have the tools for you. But like, are you going to be confident enough in what I'm giving you to use it and apply it comfortably? And it's a give or take. Right. right? You can't be a talker like you got to like you got to You got to work with me. Like if I'm going to invest time and going to give you some of these tools, like you got to like try one of the tools. Yeah. Right. Like, or if you're in that stressful state, like before you start panicking and becoming reactive, did you try the one tool that we've talked about multiple times, or are you still going back to that same loop over and over? Because that's what's just the easiest thing to do. You've got and to then, rub it. And then it's like, it. boom, right there. It's like, well, there, there's your first problem. Mm -hmm. You're coming for help. I'm giving you tools, but in those situations or obstacles, you're, you're not, having the confidence to then use the tool, but then you're wanting me to fix you in the moment, which is not going to happen. Like if you came to me and said, Hey, I tried breathing. Hey, I tried this, try to, you know, think a different way during that event when it happened to try to make something positive out of it. 
okay, great. That's awesome. Like, and you're still struggling. I, I got, I got a couple other things in the bag I can bring out, but if you're doing nothing and you're just coming to me every time in that moment to try to fix you every single time, like that's just not going to be a good result or to be able to help you at the best we could. I mean, from, you know, a neurological standpoint, right? Like when you're in fight or flight, when you're in fight or flight, you're going to revert back to what you know, mm -hmm. right? You got two options. You're either going to fight or you're going to flight, right? But when we know when you're in fight or flight, you're going, you're, your amygdala is being hijacked. The part of your brain that's making decisions and it's allowing you to process, it's, it's not working, right? So when you're in fight or flight, you're going to revert back to what you naturally do. And so I think, it, you know, it, that's why it's even more important to make sure that we're supplying ourselves with good day-to-day -day habits, right? So that it can become natural. So that when you do start to panic and when you're starting to flow, what you're falling back on are actually good productive habits for your mm -hmm. performance and not what you are accustomed to. Cause you got some of those individuals, it's like, like you said, 18 years of the same thing versus I just worked with you 16 months or let's say six months <laughs> on this. What do you think's gonna take over? Probably the thing you've been doing for 18 years. So it's like, <laughs> that's why, again, anything like you said is reps, repetitiveness, keeping on top of it, doing it over, catching yourself in the moment. And sticking to it once you see results. Yes. Right? Like not abandoning what's worked for you this entire time once you start, up. Oh, I'm better now. I don't need deliberate breaths. Uh, I'm better now. I don't need to pre-plan my thoughts. It, it's right like, oh. it's like medical, right? It's like someone tells you to take an <laughs> yeah. antibiotic all the way through, you don't, and then the infection comes back. Right. Someone you're shocked. Yeah. Or someone tells you like, Hey, you should be going to rehab every day. Cause you've had this injury. Oh, yeah. you're going to have to continue to do rehab regardless. So hopefully it does not come back. And then they just stop and the injury comes back. Yeah. <laughs> so I've many parallels. Countless examples, right? Like even I think about uh, my brother and his retainer, right? <laughs> like all of that money. It is just, I don't know what it is. It's human nature and it's human nature. You know, we, we think we know best when in reality, if we knew best, you wouldn't be sitting in guys like me in your offices. Yep, exa exactly. We're, I mean, at the end of the day, we're always going to have a job because these things are always going to be pertinent. Um, I think one of the things you kind of hit on earlier is, you know, if you look at mental conditioning or sports psychology, it's becoming big in any field. And a lot of the athletes are, are making it known, especially the pro athletes. You know, they're, they're expressing that they're seeing individuals to help them or they're expressing that teams are investing in that component to have it on and available because they're, they're seeing a direct effect and how it interacts with the athlete doing what they have to deal with. And again, whether it's college or pros, like you said a couple of times, they have so many stressors they have to deal with. You got the media, you got content, you got have to perform really well. You're trying to take care of your body so you don't get injured or you're trying to manage an injury to still play through stuff. There's so many different things coming at you all at once that at those levels like it's such a high challenge like if you're not trying to work on some type of mental skill to make sure you're in the right mindset from day to day with everything that's coming at you like i don't really know how you're going to function <laughs> well you know and uh often man it's it's i'm always amazed at the human mind and the human body and what we're truly capable of right in the conditions that we wake up and function in pretty much every single day right like we we came out of a, a pandemic you know, and here we are functioning and, and 
you know, doing our well, you know, doing our best to function, right? Some of us, but you know, the reality of the situation is if you do not empty your bucket every now and then, it's going to overflow. Right? Like it's going to overflow. You have to find healthy, productive ways to deal with those drops in the bucket. And when I say drops in the bucket, those little everyday, day-to-day life stressors, right? Whether it's sitting in traffic, whether it's um, you know, deadlines, whether it's being recruited, whether it's your significant other, your family, your friends, your health, your future, your past, whatever it is, all of these little drops in the bucket, little things add up to be big things, right? And so if you're not really taking the time to decompress and acknowledge what's going on within you, what's going on around you, you can only really give so much. You can only give so much. And every single day we wake up and we're trying to demand the most from ourselves. We're squeezing every little bit of talent and potential we have out of ourselves. And we just got to remember to treat ourselves with that same grace and that same kindness. Right? Like it's, it's important. If not, you're going to, you're going to implode, <laughs> which is the worst case, which is the worst case that we want. Cause that's a whole nother rabbit hole. To I mean, you know, I tell my athletes, it's a, lot, it's a lot easier for me to take you from here to here than it is for me to take you from down here all the way back up here, right? Like it's about getting you to that baseline. Once we're at that baseline, then it's just about building, mm. right? But it's about coming to see me again before you've hit that rock bottom, before you feel yourself slipping away. Like in life, things are going to happen. Things are going to go wrong, right? Like on whether you make it to the league, whether you make it to the Olympics, right? Whatever your dreams or goals are in life, it's not like you leave stress behind. It's not like you leave those little things behind. They're going to follow you. They're just going to look a little different on the level that you're on, right? So you're eventually going to need these skills. You're going to need to cope because as you continue to progress through your life and you find more success, but now the stakes are higher, right? Like that fall is a lot farther. That's a lot farther now. Right. So it's about just making sure that you're really confident in whatever it is that you have in your toolbox. I don't care how many tools you have, just have something to take care of yourself. Yeah. And, and I, I'm going back to that word, you know, stress. I tell the athletes all the time, right? Like you're never going to escape it. It's, no. it's there as soon as you wake up in the morning to some extent, whether it's I got to get up. Oh man, I have an hour. I got to feed myself and then I got to go to practice. Or, oh, I got to go to school and I got to do this. Like, it may not be an extreme stress. It's like something that's ruining your day. But in some cases, it could ruin some people's day because they don't know how to handle those moments. Whether they're not scared. Like, I mean, some of the biggest things that I, I look at is don't have a good schedule. Don't have a good routine. And it's like until you have a schedule and routine down. And, and this I heard from um, a talk with the Miami Dolphins dietitian. He did, he did a, uh, a talk um, to a lot of sports dietitians, but like that was his number one thing. He goes, if you can figure those two things out, he goes, and they can have those two things in place. A lot of other stuff is going to fall into place and what they need to do, because now they can either in their mind, visually see their schedule, whether it's in front of them on a computer, whether it's on their phone, however they do it, if they can know what their baseline schedule is, all the other stuff that can fit in and now they can be proactive and start planning and doing stuff ahead of time because they know where those pockets of time are when it has to be done and there's no excuse not to do it or whether they have this time over here so i'll spend 10 minutes breathing or i'll spend some time doing yoga or you know i got to get to bed because i got to wake up at 5 a.m so i got to be to bed by like 9 10 o'clock because if not i'm not gonna get to sleep 
Like yeah. if you can figure that whole, whole infrastructure out, you'll be in a lot better position to function on a day-to-day basis. I think you hit it right on the head. Like it's, 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 it's our, it's our perception of time and it's time management, right? Like whether you think you have more time than you actually have, or you feel as though you don't have enough time to actually do what it is you need to do. I think most times, <laughs> you know, I think one of the funniest things that my athletes say to me is, you know, when I'm recommending uh, diaphragmatic breathing, right. And when I'm recommending meditation and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to them about mindfulness, they're like, ah, coach, I ain't got time for that. I'm like, you don't yeah, have time to breathe. You're going to breathe anyway, right? You're going to breathe anyway. So you might as well just make sure that you're being intentional about breathing correctly. If you're going to breathe, you might as well breathe correctly, right? But I think it's just our, it's, it's our concept and it's our perception of what it means to take care of yourself. We look at it as a focused, separate, committed effort, right? And instead of looking at, looking at it as something that we can weave within the fabrics of our day-to-day lives. You're going to breathe, breathe correctly. Right. You're going to wake up and you're going to do your day. Why not just be intentional about the things you're doing first and second and third? That's all the routine is just being intentional. Yeah. Or, or I mean, you know, you can. T- well, you have time to talk about being great. You have time to post all these videos of your of your, your good moments. But why aren't you taking time to do the little things that, to make you. The highest level you can be to be a pro, to be a legend, to be an icon like. Right. Like these are all these things you talk about and hear about and what we hear for those people who are on those pedestals, but you don't got time for it. So then I guess you don't have time to continue to talk about being in the position that you want to. And it's like, it's, it's catching them in those moments too. Where like, you know, we've all, we've both been there. You catch them in those moments and they're like, Oh, okay. That's real. (laughs) Right. 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 And I mean, but I think that's, you know, that's really our job. It's never really telling them you know, or at least for myself, right? Like for me, it's never really about telling them what to do. It's more of laying the options on the table and allowing them to choose the best option for themselves. Right? Like my grandmother, she, she always used to tell me, it's funny how there's never enough time to do it right the first time, but there's always enough time to go back and do it again. Right? Like you, when you're in the moment, ah, I don't have time, ah, I'll pick it up later. But then you have to go back and actually pick it up later. And if you don't, it's not going to be until you trip over it. That you finally go and you pick it up, right? Like, why wait to take care of yourself? You might not get it later. And it's so funny you say that because I, I've done that plenty of times, right? Like, if you just take the time in that moment, it takes you 30 seconds to like, or I heard it from a strength coach. His name was Mike Boyle. He said, if something takes you less than 60 seconds to do, you're better off just doing it in that moment, right there and then. So it gets done and now you're not having to worry about it later or now you're not thinking about it while you're driving in the car because you didn't do it. <laughs> I like that. I love that. I love that. I absolutely love that. I might adopt that. So Marcus, we're, we're at the tail end here. Um, I definitely think we need to do a part two. I think there's a lot more that we need to discuss and there's no way we're going to be able to get the rest of it in unless we do that. Um, so I'm going to end, I'm going to say, this is part one. We're going to we're gonna do a part. This is part one. We're ending part one here before the zoom call cuts off. I'm not going to give everyone his bio and his show notes and all that stuff yet, because you're going to have to wait. Cause we're going to do part two coming up to be able to explain and go over the rest of stuff we need to, but Marcus, Let's, appreciate run, it back, Let's run it back. Appreciate having you on my guy. Uh, it's a pleasure as always, man. Thank you for having me. Genuinely. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye.